0: Welcome to My Way, a podcast that shares the stories of people who are doing life their way. Listen along as we explore what works, what doesn't, and the experience that happens no matter which path we choose. I'm your host, Sunny Collins. Thanks for listening. So where are you in your life right now?
1: So where am I in my my life now? I have Two beautiful children. Um, yes, you do. Uh, children, <laughs> a, a boy and a girl. Boy is eight years old, uh, Chesedek, and Marsha is two. So have a beautiful daughter and son, and beautiful wife. Mm. Um, we're happily married, and really um, gives me a chance to actually. Th- this is where I am. This is my life. This is how I want to, really look after my kids to give them a chance to really shine. Not in a way that I want to spoil them because I also don't think that's good to what you had, what you didn't have in your teenage life, to kind of spoil them in that way. Mm. For me, just to make sure that they feel secure, that they don't go through the things that I had to go through. So at the moment, I'm just focusing on, on my family. We've just moved into our in our house, so just spending all my time in that building up, making beautifying the house. So that's our space where we're going to spend many years. Um, very passionate of what I'm doing at the moment. I'm very happy actually to be, to have my passion as my job today. I don't stand up in the morning to an 8, eight to 5 job or to a 9 to 4 job and I need to sit in the office and need to force myself to go and work. I feel like I'm in my element where I am and I'm happy that it's my job and I, I don't think there's many people that is as happy that they have a job that they can really see an impact where people, where parents and teachers come to you and say, thank you so much for contributing to my kids' knowledge of the environment and mine, because my kid comes back home and teach me about you, what you taught him in class. So thanks for that. So it's really rewarding. It feels like, wow, I am actually doing something for, for myself, but also for my community and also the environment at the same time. So that really feels like the space where I want to be and I should be and and to really develop that to inspire you more, to get more like-minded people as myself, which is really happening at the moment. There's a lot of awareness amongst younger people and I'm happy to be the kind of um, catalyst between the part that I've learned and students and teens that's really starting up now. At the moment, I feel quite happy, um, secured. I don't think I'll ever move away from where I'm living. I am keen to maybe go and explore more of the world, maybe definitely go and stay a couple of months here and there. I would love to do that with my family. Um, I have been working in Zambia, outside of South Africa and Botswana and Zim for the last five years doing some work there so that also contributed a lot to the work that I'm doing at the moment. But I think at the moment I feel yeah I feel great where I'm at at, at this point of my life. Yeah, positive.
0: Uh, so talk a little bit about your own personal experience with education and schooling.
1: Um, so when we moved here we went to a it's called Eight Cake, but at the time it was called the uh, Bura School, which was a dominant white white kids at the school. There wasn't much colored kids, not even talking about black, I'm just talking, cause they're, they're, in this area there's not a very dominant African or black community here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it was mostly just a colored community. And, uh, and I'm
0: just going to interrupt you for a second, for those who... Are not South African, or don't, or know nothing about South Africa. Can you explain your terminology, colored versus black?
1: Okay, so colored versus black. So obviously black, as in very dark skin, black African, and also in terms of language. So African blacks would have Kosa and Zulu and Venda and Susu to various languages. Where colored is a mixture of so, to say black and white. So, it's a much more in between, like a, so not a white, but not a black, so more lighter skin and dominantly Afrikaans. So, not, so the language also differs as well. Okay. Yeah. So, we started school there, was quite a, I mean, at the time, part um, uh was, was Finnish, it was finished, but it was still quite fresh. So, a lot of, the school system changed so there was a lot of colors that went into white schools and so but it was still quite awkward a lot of awkwardness a lot of groups not really um playing together and whatever. so that was a bit weird but i mean we were young at the time that yeah but went to a good school okay and then went. we were there for a year and then moved to the other school just up the road Greaton primer which was a bigger school and there was no whites on the school, it was only colored people. Um, so that felt a bit more comfortable in a way. It was a normal uh, government school, low to no school fees. Um, things was very basic, very teacher-centered. Um, I also didn't do very well in teacher-centered work, which is this teacher explaining things, and then you need to study and know it and come to do an exam on it. Um, not my scene at all, but obviously it was part of the school. We had to do it. And then I went to high school in Kanatandal at Imoveder. Pretty good school. One of the best um, government schools in, in the Western Cape. Good teachers, um, good ways of teaching, but was also very pizza-centered. So I finished my school career, grade 12. I, think I had a good, good school years. I, I can't think about anything negative that happened. As I said, I wasn't as good as I wanted to be in high school because I had to constantly work. There wasn't a time for me to, to give a bit of extra Time to study and to do good in my work um, because i know at know two o'clock the school goes out half past the one my work starts.
0: What do you feel like is a place or an experience that saved you? Do You mean any anything?
1: Anything. Um, I think what definitely saved me is the music. I was one of I was one of the founders of the Country Conquerors Reggae Band. I just felt like they don't have any purpose and that really gave me purpose in life because I I couldn't play an instrument at all I've never played an instrument in my life and went in the shop one day and I went in and I saw wow it's a nice acoustic car for like 200 bucks that's nice and cheap and it looks like it looks nice and like a nice beginner's guitar I've never had a guitar in my hand before never but I always loved the sound of it and how people play. Very fascinated about how they do it. And I bought it. I thought, oh, I can't play, but if I if if I buy it, surely then I need to learn how to play guitar. And I bought it. And from there, I was determined to to play guitar. And I think that that event in my life really changed things for me. Really uplifted me in a way that I that added to some value in my life, that added to a skill in my life, obviously, and something I can really feel today being part of a band that we're just busy doing our second album at the moment, and being one of the founders of the band. Um, really feels like a milestone. Um, we're also busy working on a community music school, because we have a lot of talent in the area, but the same. Kids don't have either the instrument or a space that they can come and practice or explore their, their talent. So our plan is to do a maybe like a, we to call like a music lab where people just pop in after school, holidays. I would say definitely stepping into music and using that as a tool has brought to that big shift in my life.
0: Talk about education from your role as an educator.
1: So, education I don't see as someone teaching someone something and then you know it. Um, I see education as, a, as an experience, as a way of doing things differently. I see education as, as a hands-on experience and not necessarily from studying in a book. I see education as a real-life experience and making mistakes i think that's education like doing it better the next time um and not necessarily having to listen to someone that knows everything and just pass on the knowledge and then you know it i feel like education is all about doing the things that you that you're keen on that you hear or that you want to know go out and do it and make mistakes and actually do it better for me teaching is learning as well so for me it's not just about teaching I know about permaculture, for instance. For me, it's not about I'm telling you this is how you make compost and this is how you make this and this. But for me, I always when I go into a space of passing on knowledge as a facilitator, I always look at the space and in the session, what can I learn? What is the outcome for me? So not just from a top-down approach. I'm passing on knowledge. For me, it's all about. Teaching is all about learning as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. This episode of My Way has been brought to you by Spekboom. Whenever you're feeling like an insignificant outlier, remember the Speckboom, Also known as elephant's food and pork bush, the Speckboom translates from Afrikaans into English as bacon tree. This hardy and beautiful South African succulent can grow up to five meters tall and live up to 200 years. It's drought, frost, and fire resistant. And if your green thumb is non-existent, give the Bekfulm a try. Easy to plant, easy to grow, and it makes a great natural fence. In addition to being gloriously indigenous and low maintenance, this unassuming little green plant is a carbon-fixing mastermind. A rugby field of Speckbollum can remove over 4 tons of CO2 annually, far surpassing the ability of a tropical rainforest of the same size. If the village of Grayton were blanketed in Speckbollum, it would remove over 1200 tons of carbon dioxide each year. And if being a carbon sequestration superhero wasn't enough, Speckbollum is also edible and medicinal. It's a tangy addition to any soup or salad and does wonders for sunburns and sore throats. Speckborn, bringing home the bacon, tree. And what do you think about schooling in this country?
1: Pretty crap, I would say. (laughs) Not very normal government schools it's been like that for the last hundred years it's still military the bell rings everyone knows i need to go in and you need to sit in a line you have uniforms and it just feels to me like prison the same ethics of a prison the bell and the teaching and the eight hours a day and
0: it's quite a harsh bell, too. It's, it is. Yeah. It, as I said, it's a very... It sounds like a prison bell. Like a prison, exactly. Mm-hmm. There's
1: no difference. So for me, it's, yeah, I mean, obviously being young, and I mean, I've been part of that, but in the last couple of years, exploring other ways of teaching. So I've been involved with a lot of Montessori and Waldorf type of teachings and teachers. And for me, that really got me. And when I did my environmental education course two years ago, that was the main focus, on how schooling should be, how you as a teacher, facilitator should be teaching. Um, and as I've mentioned, more a as a learner-centered approach, not just about this is what it is and that's what you need to know by Monday and you come and do an exam. If you don't, you're stupid. But I mean, that student might have other skills that you're not even tapping into. So I think a lot needs to change. Obviously, private schools are different, but obviously it costs quite a bit. So, it's only the rich and wealthy that can send their kids through that specific school where things are done differently. Mm. We obviously, 80% or more of South African kids just go to a low or no fees, um, school fees, mm. school where things are just done as it's been doing for the last 100 years. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if I can do something to change that, um, I will definitely do that.
0: And yeah. And these kids that you work with in the community, what kind of effects do you see of the schooling system on these kids? I
1: think the I think the way on how teachers speak to these kids and how they pass on knowledge in the way that they do, very uh, aggressive. I mean, they they have a bad way of talking to kids as well, shouting a lot and saying you're stupid, and kids feel that, and that kind of breaks down the character of the children so I think if a teacher just changes way on teaching it can have a different spin-off on the students completely if you tell your kid that I believe that you can do it just hearing that positive coming from the teacher or facilitators, like wow my teacher said I I can maybe do it so maybe I'll go back home and practice so 45 kids in the class um, it's For me, it's just the teachers in South Africa, it kind of just became a job. It's not their passion. Mm -hmm. And I see that clearly today where for teachers it's all about getting paid at the end of the month. Mm -hmm. It's not about what do I as a teacher or as a facilitator, what is my contribution to the personal development of these kids? Not just showing them. This is how you do your timetables or this is how you do match or whatever the case may be. What is my personal connection to the, the development of these kids? So I think that saddens me quite a bit that there's a lot of that still happening in our school system.
0: Yeah. So what scares you?
1: What scares me? Do you mean anything like? Anything. Well, yeah, I think what what, what scares me um i think people people really scare me sometimes sometimes you think you know people and you actually don't so from a young age I've kind of kinda investigating people like the like the human itself the people how people work how their mind change from now to this when something happens how so like really look into like human thinking and how they how money can change your perspective on things, how death how whatever if something is there, your ethics change completely if something is said, your models change completely so i mean I think that's for me the most scariest thing i I'm,
0: I'm with you on that one
1: but I think people it's really <laughs> that's 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 for me the scary part of um,
0: I'd so, and it that surprises me to hear somebody like you say that because you are you are somebody that I look up to in terms of being open with people. Mm. And I, I have not talked to one person in this village mm. who says they don't know you. Mm. Everybody knows who you mm. are because of how involved you mm. are with the community. So it surprises me to hear you say, mm. people scare me. <laughs> no, definitely. <laughs> um, so I have a very comforting, actually. <laughs>
1: I, I have a very, I will um, show it to you mm. but i will keep you on a kind of like an arm length distance of okay i won't say ah oh, you don't you're not welcome you not this and this i'm that's not who i am i always welcome people but i'm aware that my awareness just opens up like okay just be extra careful be extra aware listen i always listen but you don't always have to accept what people say you can analyze it later and say okay maybe that one thing that a guy said sounds interesting. Maybe I can explore that. But you don't always have to accept. Even if we people are older and wiser or whatever than me, you don't have to accept it. Because mm. it's not you. You have your own identity. You have your... Something that's comforting for you might not be for me. So how can you say that's the right way? Who said to you that your right is right and my wrong is wrong? And I'm glad that I've managed that skill to also say no. And my no is my no. Because I, I know quite a few people that they can't say no.
0: It's They're hard like, to say no. Yeah, it's so like, hard. no,
1: sorry, I can't do it. Then you like like, overcommit yourself and you said, but it was just hard to say no. But for me, it took a long time for me because I always felt bad. Oh, I can't say no, it's going to be so bad. But that's for me, It just, okay, but I need to think about myself. Is it going to drain me? Is it going to this and this and this? So I have a little checklist in my head, tick, 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 okay. that's finished, done. Maybe I can say yes because I've checked and my hazards didn't go on, whatever. Now I can say yes with a comfortable feeling of, okay.
0: What do you want to be better at?
1: I think sometimes I feel, yeah, maybe just because of my past. I always feel like there's a lot that limits me to what I want to give my family or my children Um, and a lot is to do with I mean you can't always give your children what you want because some of the things sometimes depend on money some depend on maybe it's not the right time to do it in my head it's always can I be better can I be a better father Um, so I think that's always my mind on just being the best every day and doing it better every day um, not knowing what is the best father, like that people or human know, okay, this is the best father. (laughs) You need to do these 10 things, 10 things, and then you're a good father. (laughs) Uh, I think that's really something that you explore yourself as a parent and getting to know your kids. What is their passion and what is their feeling? What makes them happy um, and making that possible for them? So I think that's really something that's always on my mind.
0: What have your kids taught you so far?
1: Patience. Um they've taught me that not everything depends on money. They've taught me forgiveness, definitely, quite a big chunk of that comes from the kids. um I think they've also taught me how to be more resilient as well.
0: If you could relive one moment in your life, what would that be? Yeah. <laughs> um you can pick a couple
1: <laughs> I think. If I could relive, really yeah, I didn't it's it's always hard. But you always think about obviously it's unaware when death arrives. But would have liked to spend more time with my father, getting more just fatherly advice. And, and he was a very soft person, very didn't speak very hard. He was not, also same like me, very people's person, not not violent at all. Um, and maybe a second thing if i would change something i would definitely yeah there was a time in my life where i was very depressed i would say i had a girlfriend at the time and i actually met her in grade when i was 14 in grade eight and she was with she 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 was my girlfriend for the whole of my high school years basically for five years um if i had to change something it's definitely doing things differently. I mean, um, with we uh, stole a car once. We stole her mother's car. I'm not sure if if I told you about that. It was all all her idea. I begged her not to do it. But she also had a very tough life. She was abused by her mother. Her mom was in an accident. She got a very bad knock to the head and she couldn't always remember things. She would snap at someone else, but then she would beat her children. She had a very tough life. And then my girlfriend came and she was, she, she was just fed up, and she said, Marshall, I'm leaving. She gave me this beautiful little pendulum, the thing that with the two photos in that. A pendulum, little locket. little locket thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was like, what's happening? Where? She said, no, I'm leaving um, tomorrow. Where are you going? She said, I don't know. She's just going to run away from home. I said, but that's not happening. That's... So I begged her to stay. I have managed to convince her to, to postpone it. And then she got this idea in her head to actually, she was so angry with her mom to actually steal the mom's car and then actually run away. And so I was part of that whole idea. I couldn't let her go on her own. For me, it was just impossible. Um, Her cousin came on board as well. Her mom passed away in that last week, almost that we were on our way to go. So she also became part of the plan, and so it was myself and my girlfriend and her husband. That really stuck to me for for a bit, because I, at a young, because it became a whole case, a police case. And then after a year or two, dropped the case, and that was all then fine. But I think if I would have... I think the experience coming from that, I don't think I would have changed that. But I think the whole... Car stealing idea, yeah, <laughs> which was quite uh, quite heavy. But I think the whole experience of of I mean, we were away for two weeks. We managed to steal the car. We ended up in Durban, wow. so from from here all the way to Durban, and the cops caught us there. Very good adventure. Lots of learning curves that added to a lot of knowledge about South Africa and the coaster side. Yeah, but definitely, yeah, I don't think I. Uh, would have done that at the time but i think as things were at the time that moment in time i just had to do it
0: what kind of money did you have to we spend didn't that? have much
1: money just so i've managed to talk to my girlfriend to postpone the whole thing so in that time i sold all my stuff that i had just like clothes and random things she sold some of her stuff um so we had we didn't have much we had probably like 2000 rand which was quite a bit at the time
0: that's
1: a real adventure. So it was, it was, it was quite real. It was. I mean, I still remember every single day what where we slept, what we did. Um, it was crazy. But I yeah. mean, that the experience, I think, is still there. But just the whole feeling of the whole the car stealing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At that how mm-hmm. it definitely changed. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the second part of my conversation with local educator, environmental advocate, and friend Marshall Rinquist. The takeaway for me, well, that one's easy. The older I get, the more I have to learn from young people. It gives me hope to know that others, like Marshall, are promoting education not simply as the handing down of knowledge, but rather as the synergistic exchange between student and teacher, where both sides have something to teach and something to learn. So thanks for that reminder, Marshall. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Podcast Cowgirl for photos and updates associated with our two podcasts, My Way and Lecker Y'all. And please send us some messages. Let us know what you think or if you have any ideas for either podcast. And don't forget to subscribe and rate us on iTunes or Podbean. Thanks again. See you next time.